Welcome to the Others and Brothers Podcast. I'm your co-host Sam Marsh. And I'm your co-host Jacob Marsh. Together, we We are are the Marsh Brothers. Welcome back to the Brothers and Others Podcast. I'm your co-host Sam Marsh. Got a great episode for y'all today as we welcome another other to the show, Cameron Kasher. Cam is a longtime friend of the Marsh Brothers, a Michigan native and MSU grad, born and raised outside Lansing and the small suburbia oasis of Okemos. Their friendship formed an Okemos High School pool back in 2007. More recently, Cameron is residing in Denver, Colorado, having slightly overlapped with Jake for six months, but sadly no overlap with Sam. In Colorado, Cam considers himself to be a Rocky Mountain man, and more specifically, an avid hiker, camper, as well as an aspiring fly fisherman, and an experienced alpine snowboarder to boot. Cam loves asking Jake for his favorite swim sets when he needs to get his ass into shape, and losing fantasy football bets to Sam as a way to give Jackson new doggy toys. For a living, Cam works as a software engineer for a tech consulting company where he helps clients with various software needs and helps implement sustainable best practices. Uh, we have a great conversation with Cameron talking about East Lansing, his job. Uh, he has a great story about switching careers. In uh, other news, I know it's uh, becoming Alaska down here in Texas, so if you are cold and inside, a um, few different things that you could check out to watch streaming-wise. You People, starring Eddie Murphy and Jonah Hill, uh, is directed and produced by Kenya Barris, just recently released on Netflix. Absolutely hilarious from start to finish. Uh, if you end up liking that, you should check out Kenya Bears' show, Black as Fuck. Uh, well, it's Black AF uh, on Netflix. Um, that's really funny. He wrote, produced, and stars in that as well. Uh, another good thing to check out right now, they just released Survivor Season 32, Brains vs. Beauty vs. Brawn on Netflix. Uh, I know we probably all remember Survivor from back in the day. Uh, I highly encourage revisiting it. There's coming up on 44 seasons, truly the best form of people watching, um, but on Netflix, they have season 32, like I just mentioned, as well Token Chains, both considered some of the two best seasons ever. Uh, this season 32 that they just released, it's a great one to check out. It has uh, former NBA player Scott Pollard on it, as well as it's known for being the most dangerous season due to all the medical issues. Uh, another good movie you can check out on Netflix is Seven Women and a Murder. Uh, it is an Italian film, but it's dubbed uh, as well as you can throw on subtitles, so no issues there. Uh, it has the one gal from White Lotus Season 2, the Italian gal that was the head of the hotel. Uh, it's very Agatha Christie-esque, uh, but it's a really, really fun watch. Uh, so if you enjoyed Knives Out, uh, those similar movies, that's a good one to check out. Uh, last one I would throw out there is if you're looking for a funny show, uh, check out Abbott Elementary on Hulu. It's currently wrapping up its second season. Uh, first season was nominated and won a ton of awards, uh, but it's really, really funny mockumentary uh, style show following Philadelphia elementary school teachers. 
uh, it'll have you in stitches from start to finish. You, you won't regret it. Uh, other than that, just always remember to shoot us an email or send us a tweet if you'd like to see anything discussed on the show. But I hope you enjoy the episode. I'm your co-host Sam Marsh, and I'm your co-host Jacob Marsh. We got a special treat for you, Cameron Casher. Welcome to the pod, man. Welcome. Thanks everyone. for having me. Glad to be in other today on Brothers and Others. <laughs> Although many people would mother. say that uh, you could pass for a brother pretty easily. Most in fact, I technically have. Maybe we could talk about that later. <laughs> Um, Jake and I were talking about the other day, and uh, I mean, one of the reasons that you definitely could pass for a brother is that you share our bodily hair problem, and that we all have a ton of it. Uh, Least favorite place (laughs) that you have body hair. Um, Mine, I was telling Jake, is like that, like, shoulder neck where, like, they meet. And that is, like, one of the thickest patches of hair I have. And I have to shave that two, maybe if I'm lucky, three days. Um, or else it gets super long. <laughs> Poor guy. Love how we just jump right into that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would Welcome agree. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, obviously the facial hair is fine. And I'm cool with chest hair and arm hair, whatever, but yeah, for me, it's the shoulders. That came on, honestly, like within the last few years, and I find myself stuck between being too lazy to like manscape it slash not caring enough anymore, but I could go without that for sure. (laughs) Yeah, luckily, I don't have quite as much as either of you, but I'm just going to get Go straight for it here. Gooch hair is the worst. (laughs) Oh, my God. It just is. It just is, man. I'm just going to – we all know it sucks. It's terrible to maintain and get rid of, and I just wish it wasn't there. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, I mean, the reason I would say that upper, um, like, back, lower neck area I'm describing as the worst is that can come, like, out of a shirt, and it's, like, unseemly. Um, Both of your choices uh, aren't things that – unless, like, your shoulder hair is, like – really wild or i guess you're wearing a tank top um those aren't going to be seen by people and so therefore you know that's why i think the lower neck upper back is the worst one honestly i think the fact that i like i was just gonna say i think the fact that i have slightly darker skin complexion helps like the hair that's just my perspective i think like being really hairy and really pale is like a whole look of its own so, yeah, that is true. Yeah. It's definitely I wouldn't really describe myself as really pale. I feel like I get out in the sun. No, and uh, Jake and I had a long talk about this when we used to be beach lifeguards, that he's more of a rich mahogany, <laughs> and I'm more of a goldenrod, I think is what we landed on. Oh, man. Yeah, there's a really good picture on Facebook. We'll have to put it up uh, when we used to live together that first summer. 
What was the room number on? Uh, oh, it was like three one two five or something. I don't remember. Like what was the name? It was the Hilton Head Resort, right? That's yeah. The place say that? Oh my god, dude. Love that place. Does your neck hair, your back neck hair, <laughs> connect to your front neck beard, Cameron? If you um, let it grow out. Maybe slightly on the back. Um, neck to chest for sure, and I like do make a point to shave that every. Once in a while, which yeah. is annoying. Yeah, I hear you there. I definitely have to watch out because if I just let it go wild, it, uh, it, I mean, it does connect ever so slightly, but it's not something you want to, you know, highlight. It gets and itchy for me oh, if I don't God, shave yeah, it. Man. I have to. It gets too itchy. It's gross. Will that hit my weekly quota for bodily hair talk? <laughs> <laughs> um,. Oki Polo since the beginning with us. Uh, how'd your season go this year, man? How'd you feel about it? Uh, it's a forgettable one for sure. Um, Big mistakes that you made? Regrettable action? Honestly, I think that if I had made no trades, I would have made the playoff. I was just kind of going back and, you know, seeing what the point difference was with my original players and some of the matchups that were really close for me. And... Honestly, our trade, Sam, I think it was Ramondre Stevenson and Chris Godwin, and then you gave me Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman Jr. Yeah. Or no, 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 it was someone else. No, Westerville gave you Pittman Yeah, Jr. Sam gave me somebody else. But I thought that trade, honestly, was pretty even until uh, Taylor went down. But I still would have beaten, like, Lesky one one week because Stevenson outperformed Taylor. So anyways, I think moral of the story is I got to just like not try and do too much too early and just like let my team play out. And caveat there is I um, got stuck auto drafting for our auction <laughs> I because <forgot> about that. <laughs> I forgot to give Forrest Taylor my login info before I was hiking a mountain in Breckenridge without service. So, Kind of got screwed over there. Luckily, I heard a mouthful from Lesky after that, making me feel really bad about it, because Forrest apparently just had to sit there and not do anything. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of awkward just watching him sit there. I'm not gonna I mean, lie. it's not like I intentionally forgot to give him my password, but it happened. So, I mean, I consider it a success that I almost made the playoffs with the auto draft. It didn't go as bad as Mike's team. Obviously, he lost. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I would have. I would have been interested to see how your team did if you hadn't traded Joe Burrow. That was oh the one thing. Oh my god! I would have been interested to see how that worked out, especially yeah. because Westerville gave you uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and uh, Michael Pittman. I think that was the trade, wasn't it? Uh, yep, was that was like the trade, that. and I gave him yeah. Joe Burrow and some other trash player. And honestly. Mm-hmm. I know Baker called me out on your last episode for not trading him Lamar, but hindsight's twenty twenty. Lamar was really hot. I should have sold him high. Yeah. Should have waited on Burrow. On, yeah, if I'd kept both those guys, then I could have, you know, played Burrow, and he had a great second half of the season. Um, yeah, I just want to win again. It's been a while. Yeah, you got to join the, the round. Uh, you got to join the double winners club, man. 
There's not many of us. Do you know what who was win? the player? Yeah, so I think it was 2017, maybe before that. But do you guys remember the player that um, led me to the championship in the final weeks? Was it LeGarrette Blount? It was a quarterback. I guarantee you'll never guess. Philip Rivers. Uh, Not playing anymore. 2017, was it Blake Bortles? Yes. Wow. (laughs) Nice job. Was that the year they made the AFC Championship game against New England? Yeah, was that Saxonville? Yeah, Yeah, Jacksonville. He had a few hot weeks at the end, and he let me beat Westerville, I think, in the final. Always good to beat Westerville in the final, huh? Yeah, I feel like he's lost in the final a few times now. I mean, making the final in fantasy football is impressive because, you know what, once you make it to the playoffs, it's kind of a crapshoot anyway because you just never know who's really going to get hot at the right time. And especially if you have a really good player on a really good team, there's always that chance that they'll rest. I mean, you, I don't know if you guys remember those years when the Colts would go like 13-1 and one and then rest the last two, three weeks of the season. So if you had Peyton Manning or Reggie Wayne or someone like that, you know, it was pretty difficult for you to ride those guys towards the end of the fantasy season if you knew they were going to miss a game. So you have to be you have to be able to pivot really quickly too. What do you guys think of the Super Bowl? Who do you have, Eagles or Chiefs? Mm, Eagles, baby. Fly, Eagles, fly. I mean, I'm all about Mahomes and like his legacy. Honestly, I I, I wouldn't be upset if either team won, but uh. I don't know. Eagles. Philly's just a cool city, man. It's like got. I don't know if y'all have ever been there, but um, it's almost got a vibe like Detroit a little bit, like a gritty vibe. And um, I don't know. I just like Jalen Hurts and the whole squad. I mean, their hockey I mascot think... is literally called yeah. gritty, so that oh, yeah. makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen uh, Abbott Elementary? No, I've heard really good uh, things though. Yeah, you gotta watch it. It's uh based around an elementary school in Philadelphia. But yeah, I mean that's what I would definitely like to see the Eagles win. I mean that's what uh Jake was looking it up the other day and Mahomes has been in like the AFC championship or Super Bowl every single year, so it's like oh, I'd rather have somebody else win it. Yeah, five straight AFC championship games, two Super Bowl appearances, one win, one loss. I mean the Eagles definitely have the better football team overall, but Mahomes is the best player on the field. So much like whenever you watch LeBron get to the finals, you can never count him out. But Philadelphia from top to bottom has a much better football team, in my opinion, than the Chiefs do. Yeah, I mean, Mahomes is kind of banged up, right? I know he gets a couple of weeks here to recover, but that could factor in. Allegedly banged up. Yeah, not banged up enough, apparently. I mean, didn't look like a high ankle sprain to me, but I'm certainly not a doctor, so far be it from me. I saw a funny tweet that was, it said, uh, Always Sunny should make a new episode where um, Charlie and Mac kidnap Patrick Mahomes, but they mess up and accidentally kidnap his brother. (laughs) 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 He's so funny. (laughs) That poor guy, man. He has been like the. I just can't imagine what it must be like for that dude to go on the internet and just be constantly shit on twenty four seven anytime he goes on Twitter. Yeah, 
poor guy, man. So, Kimmy, talk to us about uh, your career change that you made. I know after college, you started with uh, Shinola in Detroit, and then now you're doing coding work. Uh, what kind of what was the motivation behind the move? What kind of spurred that? Um, that's a good question. I uh, yeah, so I was working in Detroit at a company called Shinola, which a lot of your listeners will probably know about, but not everyone knows about it. It's a sort of watch brand plus other like leather goods. They kind of started making everything there for a while, but it it kind of brought say, they manufacturing do a ton of stuff now. Are they yeah. a lifestyle brand? Is yeah, that kind of that's probably yeah. what you'd call yeah. it. But they brought manufacturing back to Detroit in a big way. So a lot of the people that you'd see in like the watch and leather factory were former auto workers on the um, assembly line that may have lost their jobs during the like market crash or whatever. Um, but yeah, that was like my first job out of college and it got really like monotonous. I was doing a lot of like, I guess it was supply chain kind of work, but I was doing like order entry and stuff into the sales systems. And I stayed there, you know, a couple years because it was a really cool place to work. It was like, you know, the hottest company in town, all these celebrities would come through the office and take tours. Jake came in one time. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah that's when you met my wife there. the first time. Oh, yeah. Was that the first time? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that was so yeah, fun. She, uh, it was in like the first time she'd ever come to the Yeah. Yeah, it was in one of the old GM headquarters in New Center. Um and yeah, so Jake, you, you know what the office looks like and why like it's cool to take tours. So you get like Detroit athletes coming in. I got to meet like Pavel Datsuk one time. It was really cool. And Steven Spielberg came in with Steve Carell one time. It was crazy. But anyways. Yeah, it's too um, bad Sam didn't get to visit. <laughs> no. Yeah. EJ came in one time. You at, Cameron, I was there at the time you're describing with Jake. Oh, you were? Yes! There's a picture of the three of us, man. I think I forgot about Sam because I'm thinking of a picture of Jake and I, and Sam wasn't in it for some reason. I can show you later, but... uh, I was probably the one taking it. Yeah, probably. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, anyway, I met Barack Obama... Like while I was working there, it was insane. Um, That's awesome. Did you shake metal or? Yeah, it shook his hand, and like months later, I learned that someone took a photo of it. So I have a photo of it, and it's not like I woke up that day knowing that was going to happen. So it was a pretty wild experience. Um, probably like any president, he sort of walks around like knowing people want to shake his hand. So he like shook everyone's hand in the store that day. Um. Anyways, getting back to the point about moving away from that, um, I thought the company was really cool and working there and everything, but my job sucked, and it was like a very entry-level job, and um, some of my coworkers were involved in like the e-commerce and did some coding, and I'd always like go chat them up and see what they were doing, and it was just really like interesting work, and... I was at a point where I could have gone anywhere. I could have gone back to law school or something. And I just decided I wanted to get into that like software development. And it's kind of funny because my freshman year major was engineering and I was one of the classic kids that got weeded out because they 
put you through the ringer, like really tough classes, <laughs> like physics and calc two and stuff like that. And ended up getting a business degree, but kind of found my way back into engineering in a certain way. Um, and I decided, you know, it, it didn't really make sense to get like a master's degree in computer science and these boot camps were really hot. So I did my research, talked to some people that I knew had done it and landed on one that I really liked called general assembly. And I kind of just had this thought, like if I'm going to, um, you know, quit my job and put a career on the line, I should probably leave Detroit and like do this in a market that has a lot of jobs where I could like hopefully get a job right after this so I could start mm -hmm. making money. So it was kind of like New York or San Francisco really. And New York just kind of drew me and it's really cool to work there or I guess study there. And yeah, I got the boot camp going and really they call it a boot camp because you literally can't do anything else. You have to code all the time. So I tried to make the most of living in New York while doing this, but how long um, were you coding like each day? Um, probably from like nine to, um, before bed with breaks, obviously. But like I'd go in, the class would be from like nine to three. And then there's always stuff to do, like assignments to turn in the next day. So I'd have to right. come home and do that or like go somewhere and do that. And like even on the weekends, you have to do projects. So it's really a lot. Um, but that but, immersive learning obviously paid off for you, you know, and how long was the course? So it started um, like Thanksgiving of 17 and it ended end of February. So it was like 14 weeks or something like that. Um, oh, wow. I like to think I got lucky with the timing of this other course that I applied for that started right after my boot camp and it was – Another sort of boot camp, but it was sponsored by a company, and the whole gimmick was that um, at the end of the second boot camp, it would streamline you right into an interview with the company that sponsored it. Um, that company is called Cognizant. They're another consulting tech consulting firm. And um, a lot of the other kids in my boot camp, you know, they tried their hand at applying to other jobs and it's just such a tough situation. I'm sure you guys have been there just like applying for jobs. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Like, I feel like this interview that they're setting me up for is my best chance. So I'm going to put like all my energy into that. And, um, end of May, I got a job offer at that company. So, um, that timed up really well for me. And, they uh, wanted me to live in Hartford, Connecticut, so I went from New York City to Hartford for about a year, and then um, my friend from the boot camp got a job at this company called ThoughtWorks, and he was like, you should totally work here. Um, it's a great company. I can refer you. So after a year in Hartford, I applied to ThoughtWorks, and I got the job, and the cool thing about ThoughtWorks is they're also a global consultancy firm, but you can live wherever you want because there's clients and offices anywhere. So at that point, I was like, well, I kind of want to live in Denver, Colorado. And yeah. I think I talked to you both because you had either both been living there or had lived there. And yeah, I ended up out here and that's where I am right now. When you called us to get, 
I was either the first or second time you had called us to kind of get our input on what we thought about living in Denver. Sam and I were walking from my apartment down the street to the weed store. That's what I remember about it because the place I was living at the time uh, had this ridiculous outdoor hot tub set up. So <laughs> Sam would come over. We would just sit in the hot tub and chill and then, you know, just hang out, do our thing. Um, yeah, Denver, I mean, you definitely have the Denver vibe down to a T, my friend. Most definitely. <laughs> it suits you well. Yeah. It's been the... oh, I mean, there's ahead. just, I feel like there's different uh, personas around here. I'm definitely one of them, but, you know, have you ever heard of uh, Wooks? That's like a type of Denver person, like sort of hippie i don't want to like say any stereotypes but like uh you know kids that go to a lot of music shows maybe do a lot of drugs or something it's kind of like a funny concept around here what's the term a wook a wook a wook yeah like w-o-o-k it might be short for a wookie <laughs> i'm surprised you never heard about that yeah. i mean that is definitely a typical stereotype. The other one that I found very often would be the Uber driver who moved out there to join the weed industry <laughs> that does Uber and works at, you know, whatever local weed shop. And that's, you know, that's just what they do. Um, but then you also have, you know, the outdoorsy people. I mean, Denver is one of the one of the only cities that I've lived in that has their public I don't know what you would call it, not park. Yeah, I guess it's parks, but their public rec facilities are insanely amazing. Their weight rooms, basketball mm -hmm. gyms, swimming pools, all of that. It, it's a really well-designed city. I, uh, I really enjoyed living mm -hmm. there. I miss living there. So what's been the most rewarding part of your job, Cameron? Mm. Or what are some of the most rewarding parts of it? Um, off the top of my head, I'd say it's like rewarding me a very flexible, um, like working situation. I can work remote so I can, you know, not only not be in Denver working, but I can, you know, be at a coffee shop in the mountains or something or, um, you know, just as long as I have Wi-Fi, kind of make it work kind of thing, which is really my style. I like, yeah. I've learned that I would way rather not go into an office if I don't have to. Um, we do have one in Denver, and I like to go in sometimes to socialize, but that's about it. Um, is it, like, yeah, project work, or is it, like, there's always, like, I need to be on from, like, you know, 8 to 5? Or is it, like, hey, once I get this stuff done today, I'm good to log off? Um, Probably more of the latter. It really kind of just depends on, like, how many meetings I have. And I'm just I'm one of those guys that is always on Zoom calls pretty much. Um, and as a developer, if I'm like coding and I'm pairing with somebody, so coding with them, usually like get on Zoom and you share your screen, which is like your text editor where you're coding and you both look at it. It's a whole thing. It's called paired programming. Um, yeah, definitely get Zoom fatigue a lot, but um, I try to, you know, schedule my days where I can take breaks during the day, maybe walk my dog or um, do whatever I need to do. And 
the, also the interesting thing is my team is distributed across uh, North America. So I'm the only one in mountain time. Uh, we have someone in Pacific, uh, Central and Eastern. And oh, wow. the, the way it works <laughs> is like our sort of daily schedule really revolves well around mountain since I'm like more in the middle. So yeah. I don't have to like work super late or work super early either. Mountain time has definitely been my favorite time zone to live in out of all four. Yeah. Agreed. Being able to watch football super early on Sundays is just the catch oh, yeah. now. It's a nice what, bonus. What advice would you give to people who are looking to do a major career switch like you did? Um, I would probably say that um, – it's definitely like scary, especially like the more settled you are, the tougher it is to just like up and change. But um, usually when you take the first step and I don't know about saying usually in my experience, and I feel like it's I feel like you can kind of generalize this. But if you take that first step, you're you know, you're going in the path that you want, but you're also opening up a lot of opportunities for yourself no matter what. So if something doesn't go your way, like you've at least taken that step and, you know, maybe something else will fall your way. So it's kind of like putting yourself out there. That's what I would say. Usually yeah. can work out. You got to put one foot in front of the other and soon you'll be walking out the door. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. that's true. That's just how it works. Uh, So, and, uh, I mean, geez, you're up there. Okemos, Michigan, Detroit, Hartford, City, Head over the summers, now Denver. Um, what's been your favorite place? Ah, uh, man. Every place has, like, you know, really good qualities. Um, New York was just crazy because it's just – insanely big there's so much going on there you kind of feel like you're at the epicenter of society in a way it's just really expensive but i really do miss oh so dirty so smelly (laughs) because they don't uh they don't have like alleyways so all the trash goes on the road rats and stuff but you get used to it um you pretty much have to clean your face every day because walking around there gets dirty but um, I, I was here for it. I like the city. Do you um, not normally clean your face every day, Cameron? No, I mean, like, you'll see dirt coming off your face at the end oh, of the day. Oh, okay. okay. I was going to um, say, do we have to ask and make sure that you wash, like, every part <laughs> no. of your body, man? <laughs> no, I do that. Um, when but... you say expensive, um, you know, obviously, I would say Denver – uh, SoCal, Dallas are all expensive compared to Okemos. Like how, but I always hear people say like, oh, New York City is the most expensive city. Like, do you have any examples of like how expensive it is? Um, yeah, it's definitely up there with SF, I would say. I, I don't know what's up there anymore, honestly. Miami was really expensive when I was there recently too, but um, I don't know, like a cocktails, like, 20 bucks a beer is like 10 just okay like, yeah it's kind of a lot um i will say there are ways to eat cheaply which i figured out while i was living there living cheaply and you know you can always get dollar slice pizza which is nice and not the worst pizza um i live close to chinatown there's this place called shuzhou 
Fuzhou and you could get like peanut butter noodles and uh, wontons for super cheap. So not the healthiest food. And oh yeah, street food. There's a uh, chicken over rice everywhere. There's ways to eat cheap, but um, every restaurant you go out to brunch or whatever, like you're spending a lot of money. Yeah. Now it sounds like a light. Did did you prefer the big city living of New York or, you know, because Denver is definitely more of a big city closer to New York than, say, Hilton Head or or Okemos. Um, What were some of the things that you miss about the big city living in New York that you don't really get in even in a place like Denver? Uh, I would say the um, public transportation system was nice. Uh, being able to like walk wherever I wanted to go, not have to rely on a car, and like use the subway system was pretty cool. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, like actually, one of the places you missed was I lived in Chicago for like the summer before I moved out oh, to Denver. Actually, dude, yeah, I remember. Uh, it was a very short stint, but. What's funny is people say that that was like the last good summer in Chicago because it was the summer before the pandemic and everyone raves about summertime chai. Um, but I had a great <laughs> summer. Did you just say summertime chai? Like a chai latte? Cameron, I love you, but I don't know what sounded more pretentious, that or when you referred to San Francisco as SF. I love you. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's what Kanye says about Chicago. No, I know. I mean, not to get into Kanye, but (laughs) dude, it's a thing. No, I mean, hey, well, just like calling San Francisco SF as a thing, they're both things. Yeah, that's just it made me laugh. (laughs) It's not a bad thing. It's funny. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I don't know. I like the city life. Um. I'm not really ready for the suburbs quite yet. We'll see if I ever am, but I live like downtown Denver, kind of. I think not far from one of your places, Sam. Yeah. In Park. I mean, that's one of the reasons I love Denver. It's like uh, it's a city that's still learning that it's a big city um, because there's still so many things that you can do uh, that doesn't make it feel like you're locked in a concrete jungle. Like, uh, comparatively, like, down here in Dallas. Oh, yeah. Especially because I could, you know, be on a hike in the middle of the mountains in, like, 35 minutes if I wanted to. Yeah, and, I, you know, the each little neighborhood, I feel like, is pretty tight-knit as well. You can have a local experience even within the city. Um, I mean, conversely to Jake's question, are there, what do you miss, uh, like, are there things that you miss about Michigan, Okemos, growing up there? Yeah, um, honestly, whenever summer rolls around here, it's so hot and dry. Um, it's like favorite, really hot. Dude, my dude I, not mine. Oh. Yeah. Like, you don't like it? Dude, it's like 100 degree dry heat, which is better than humidity, I think. But it's just, it's too much. It makes me crave like the, you know, the fresh water around Michigan. So, um Makes me want to get back there during the summer at least once every year. Yeah, that was definitely one thing I always, uh, I always was missing when I was living back up in Denver too, was just 
it's not as if there aren't places you can go to swim outside, but just knowing when you're in Michigan, oh, I can go to Lake Michigan. Oh, I can, you know, go to the Mac. Not like there aren't pools in Denver, but I think we can all agree the Mac is the Mac, obviously. Um, but that is one thing I definitely missed in Michigan was just the proximity to an absurd large body of water, especially when it was warm out. Yeah. Do you think you'll ever move back to Michigan, Cameron, or are you going to call Denver home base? Mm, nothing's, like, drawing me right now, which is funny because, like, all the places we listed, I'd I'd only ever lived somewhere for, like, two years max since high school before moving, and now I've lived in Denver for over three years, and there's nothing, like, drawing me away from here. It'd be tough to leave because I have a lot of hobbies and stuff out here, but uh, regarding, like, Michigan, honestly, probably not unless I had, like, a nice <laughs> little lake house up north or something. That sounds pretty nice. <laughs> yeah. But who knows, man? I don't know. Maybe. The, what are uh, do you have any go-to places uh, food-wise in Denver that you've taken a liking to? Um, I've gotten really into the like Mexican, more authentic scene. Um, I don't know if you ever went to any of these, but I love um, Taco de Mexico, um, Santiago's. Santiago's is dope. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love getting chicken burritos or their breakfast burritos everywhere. And honestly, I was getting them so often that I started just trying to make them myself, which I did yesterday. Nice. So probably going to eat that for dinner here soon, honestly. Have you been to the DBC recently, Canning? Oof. Oh, man. Last time I went there, I was KO'd the rest of the day. (laughs) Denver Biscuit Co. I would cut off my foot to go to the DBC right hey, now. Hey, next time you come up here, we'll go. Staple. Done. Deal. I'm jealous about the burritos. That's one thing I tell people all the time. Uh, breakfast tacos are like the thing in Texas. It's not like California and Denver where breakfast burritos are the popular thing. Yeah, it's I think really there'd annoying. be a good Mexican influence on the food scene over there, too. Oh, uh, yeah, no. The Mexican food here is amazing. It's delicious. Yeah, I haven't spent uh, much time in Dallas. I owe you guys a visit. The only time I spent there was when I had, like, a work conference, and we never left the airport. I don't know if you know that, like, Hilton or Hyatt or whatever it is. That's, like, right in the airport loop. Yeah. I literally flew in and stayed there for, like, two nights. I didn't even go downtown. (laughs) Yeah, just got to be careful during the summer because when it's, like, 105, 110, it's not even fun to be outside for more than 30 minutes at a time. Hell no. Yeah, it's pretty. It, it can be pretty brutal. There's usually, like Sam said, there's that two weeks where you have to wait till after seven o'clock to go outside, and it's still usually above a hundred degrees at that point in time. I can't. I can't do that. No. I miss the. I know that. Uh, Sam's a big heat guy. I think Jake, you could go either way, but I need. I'm totally content living in like a seasonal climate yeah but the snow never stays on the ground that long in denver that was the thing i always loved about it was that you still got all the awesome parts of winter but you didn't have the constant gray of michigan winters which is what i just absolutely loathed about growing up in michigan 
was just that constant gray from November through March, basically. Yeah. Oh, it was miserable, man. Yeah, I remember when I was living in Detroit, I I counted one day that wasn't overcast in January one year. <laughs> oh. Yeah, couldn't do it, man. Yeah. Couldn't no. Do it. No. <laughs> Uh, I know, Cam, you had said something, uh, you were listening to the pod the other week and, uh, you thought Jake and I had some shitty Marvel DC takes. Is that true? Okay. I mean, that's a stretch. <laughs> I didn't say shitty. Um, hey, we're going to put you on the spot. So would you care to elaborate on your opinion, please? <laughs> I think what I said was you, um, were forgetting about a few things like, uh, I think there was a point where you all were talking about like, like good DC content lately and um you hadn't seen like Peacemaker. I thought that was a Oh, no, solid I have show. seen I do I will say that I regretted not mentioning that because Peacemaker's hilarious. John Cena fucking kills it. I can't wait for the next season. Yeah, well, interestingly enough, uh James Gunn today revealed DCU's initial slate. I don't know if y'all saw that. I did. Yeah, I did. Will you guys give me the rundown? Um, well, it's opening yeah. up with Superman. That's really all I remember. It's called Chapter One: Gods and Monsters. Apparently. Ooh. Um, I'm looking at the list right now. I don't know a lot of these things. I'll just read it off: Booster Gold, Swamp Thing, Paradise Lost, The Authority. Green Lantern, know that one. Amanda Waller, I feel like that was a character in She's the Peacemaker. Suicide Squad. She oh, yeah, yeah. She's for the government. She's always been a huge uh, character. Booster Gold, if I remember correctly, um, he they, he's featured in the animated um, series. He has a run. I feel like he's from another planet and comes here. And then pretends that he's a superhero when actually he's just a guy with like technology or something like that. Got it. What was what was the first thing you mentioned? Booster Gold. Oh yeah, that's like what it's called. So yeah, it makes sense because then like Superman is in this, so I think it's like gods, aliens, monsters, or whatever. Like you don't see Batman or anything. Yeah, Swamp Thing, and then Swamp Thing's awesome. Something called Creature Commandos. Uh, Supergirl. Yeah, I don't know half this stuff. Um, but I'm here for it. Um, Gods and Monsters, there's a DC animated movie. I believe it's on HBO Max called Justice League Gods and Monsters. Yeah, I was going to say there's a comic Definitely check it out. It's really good. Uh, what's your guys' take on the people that hate these movies? Um, have you ever chatted with anybody about it? No, I mean, I don't think I've ever met anybody that hated it. I've certainly met people that don't like it. Like, my mom doesn't really care for him, um, which, like, hey, like, you know, that's your personal opinion. Um, But, no, I mean, I can't imagine, like, that's wild to me that there's people that actually, like, have hatred towards the movies. Um, That's really weird. Um, I mean, maybe hate was a strong word, but it's it's like people that take the – Scorsese perspective where it's like oh, these movies well, ruin cinema. 
that that's lame. I, I mean, movies are made for entertainment, um, and specifically, like people are then going to make movies for the masses, uh, and comic books are made for the masses as well. So it just makes sense. So yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely pretentious, snooty, um, stick up their butt. I mean, the one thing I will say about that that I can, you know, get behind is that there's something about how these movies are like always blockbusters and they're always like in cinemas for a crazy amount of time that they're like ruining the market for other types of like theater. Um, and it, it makes it like harder to make these other types of maybe more indie films or, you know, not like, um, these what do you call them like the vinnie chase movies <laughs> yeah like non-block yeah indie films non-blockbuster movies um and i mean my first counterpoint would be like you know definitely not as much anymore because they've had to make cutbacks but i feel like netflix and prime and those other streaming services gave a lot of opportunities to directors and producers to make films like that um, but my other question I would ask you to be a devil's advocate to what you just said, did McDonald's ruin the experience of a nice hamburger for the rest of the world? <laughs> um, no, I would yeah. say no. Yeah. So, and I think just adding on to your point at the end of the day, it's all subjective. It's entirely up to an individual's opinion on what a good film is and what isn't a good film. Great example. We're talking in a group chat today and Westervelt said that he thought the Elvis movie was shitty. I actually really enjoyed the Elvis movie. I, we just have differing opinions on it. That's it. So Martin Scorsese, his whole thing with, Oh, the comic book movies are ruining art and film. No, they're not. People just don't want to watch the shit that he he's putting out now. And there's not, nothing wrong with that because 50 years from now, maybe those kinds of movies make a resurgence. But it also, at least in my mind, like, I'm sorry, I will still go watch a Wes Anderson movie in theaters 10 days out of 10, and it has nothing to do with how I feel about any of the superhero movies. I will go watch a shitty Fast and Furious movie in theaters because I know exactly what I'm getting out of a Fast and Furious movie. Am I getting high-quality uh, plot and really good dialogue between characters and things that could actually happen in real life. No, but I'm not going into the movie thinking that the rock and Vin Diesel are going to give the acting performance of a lifetime in a fast and furious movie. So I think that's kind of where I stand on it. I personally love them. If you're going to hate on a movie because you don't like it for me, if you're hate watching something, man, I just feel sorry for you because your personal life must just be really horrible. <laughs> um, Some people yeah, say the preach, cucumber Jake. tastes better pickled. Oh. Sam, remember when we went to a movie in like Royal Oak and, oh man, I'm it was, not remembering uh, this the best, but it was a hilarious situation movie. that happened. What was it? I just remember like were we with Calvin or somebody? I don't, I don't Calvin? know. It, it was just a hilarious also, night. Were you living with Jared or something at the time? I feel like. Oh yeah, Jared was there too. No, I wasn't yeah. living with him, but he was around. 
No, because then, yeah, what was it? I had to... Calvin, like, got pulled over or something when we were leaving. (laughs) 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 And he was, like, taking it way too seriously. We're like, dude, relax. (laughs) I don't, I don't know. That just came to my mind. That was hilarious. Good times. It was because of the Vinny Chase line that he has, and that's what made you think of it. Yeah, probably. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. Uh, top five this week. Uh, doing top five Michigan State slash East Lansing. Um, anything. Uh, it's a good one. Yeah, definitely. Always classic. Holds a special place in all of our hearts. Uh. As I tell people all the time, it's such an interesting experience uh, growing up right next to the college end up going to. Uh, and especially because, I mean, Cameron, you had the same experience I did that uh, when you get in those later years of high school, it kind of bleeds into the East Lansing, Michigan State scene. Oh, yeah, especially I had a couple older sisters that were there, too, so I was just always around. Same with Sam. Sam spent yeah. a lot of time at Cedar Village his senior yep. year. He was a mainstay. uh, Yeah, it's very true. Uh, You want to kick us off, or Jake? Want to want to go first? Cam, all you, brother. All right. um, Number five first, please. Okay, it's tough to say (laughs) if these are in like actual ranking order, but that's fine. um, All right, I might cheat a little bit on this first one and group like a few moments together, but they all file under um, what I'll call like big football plays. And what comes to mind for me is like being at Spartan Stadium during Little Giants against Notre Dame, uh, the last minute fake field goal touchdown win back when we were in high school. Dude, Um, I threw the most banger party. We threw the most banger party of all time at uh, (laughs) M. Gold, at Marigold. Um, Oh, my God, dude. We had so many people. During that game? No, right afterwards. We oh, were, dude, we it was oh, shit. wild. Yes, Jake was literally talking about this the other day, the Notre Dame game. Yeah. Dude, it was that, insane. It was electric. and um, But, yeah, I grouped in, like, the Wisconsin Hail Mary with uh, Kirk Cousins because that was awesome. Kirk, and yeah. then um, the last one in there, I said, like, winning the Big Ten championship in 2013. I thought that was, like, a really fun win. and being in college in that moment. That was like a fall Cedar Village, like, riot, couch-burning kind of night. Yeah. Oh, boy. What's oh your number boy. five, Jake? Uh, I had the Mustard Mansion at number Ooh. five. Ooh. Painting memories. You need some context for the listeners. <laughs> the Mustard Mansion was this place where Cameron... Alex Baker, who was on last week, uh, our other friend Greg, and another friend Jack of ours, Jack. They were, they, Jack Grady, oh, my man. Uh, we were all, those four were living there, and I had, ju- I think I had just finished college when you guys were living there. Um, it didn't matter. What I remember was that we partied there a lot, and we partied hard. Uh, one of my favorite <laughs> memories was the pickle bet where Westervelt told everybody that he was going to eat 
I forget what it was. You got <laughs> EJ, and I think both of the Kohler brothers bought, I don't know, 10 giant jars of pickles. Alex ate like two or three pickles and then just started gagging and throwing up. It was so lame. Oh my God. And then, uh, there was the one time, there was the one time where, There was the one time we were getting really wasted on your back porch and someone poured Jaeger down Alex's beer bong while he was doing it. That was another really, uh, really interesting time period there. Um, but I just remember going over there. There was always something fun going on over there. It was a lot of fun to hang out with you guys. The sorority across the alley called us face house because we had fat heads of like Mike Vick and Calvin Johnson <laughs> that we threw on the windows. That was yeah, a you wild guys had time. that really cool backyard too. That little yeah. back porch area. Yeah, that was a fun, fun year. Alright, Sam. Uh my number five is something that uh I have memories as a kid as well, but uh the double decker McDonald's on campus. Um, oh, this legendary, uh, open. It's unfortunately no longer open 24 seven. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, no. Cause, uh, good I was, thing. that's a good when thing. Was I back there earlier this year. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely a good thing. Terrible, terrible things, but yeah, no, definitely a, a lot of good memories, uh, going there. A lot of half memories. So I think I was going to get busted by the cops or something like that. So <laughs> always a great time. I was going to say, I think, I think we may have set the record for most drunken stumbles home from that McDonald's, uh, when I was living <laughs> in Cedar Village that year. It was insane. It's a good record. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number four for me. Number four. Number four. Um, I'm thinking maybe following the half off deals each day of the week at the bars downtown is a fun memory. It's like every single day you could go somewhere and like not spend a lot of money on drinks because like, what was it? Like Wednesday was Burgerama or PT's burger, whatever they did. Um, Thursday or sorry, that was Thursday. Jeez. Wednesday was, Dublin, Tuesdays was Rick's, Harper's was one of those. So it's like you could find an excuse to go out every day of the week and get wasted. Oh, yeah, man. East I hope I never just... step foot in Rick's ever again in my life. I think I <laughs> went out more during the week than the weekends because by the time the weekend rolled around, it had been like three days in a row of going out. It's like yeah, Friday was the, the day off. Yeah, uh, on your list next, Jake. Uh, I had crunchies. Speaking of bars, Ooh. I had crunchies at number four. Crunchies holds so many just special memories of just going there to have like a casual beer with friends. But they, they I mean, in my opinion, at the time, they had the most expansive beer menu. Uh, the people that introduced me to crunchies are. Um, at the time were very big role models in my life, you know, Alec Mole and Greg Jenkins, uh, people that I really looked up to. Um, and I still do. They're both, they're both amazing people. Um, but Crunchy's had such an amazing beer selection. And when, you know, I first turned 21, that was the place when I wanted to try a different kind of beer that 
that's where I would go. And then when we got older, I remember, uh, I remember going there, you know, just on a random night and I might have a few beers and have to accidentally call myself an Uber home or whatever the case may be. Um, I've done karaoke there a couple of times. That's always a good time, yep. but yeah, Crunchy's was definitely one of my, uh, and still is definitely one of my favorite spots to just go hang out, have a beer, chit yeah. chat, catch up. Great choice. Amazing choice. Uh, well, mine, uh, you know, Lansing, late night food, there's always a debate, in my opinion, really between two places, Mena's or Conrad's. Um, so my Ooh. choice is and was always Mena's. Um, that to me was a superior late night snack. And, um, the dub, the best creation ever. Um, and really now I realize it's, oh, it's just like a fancy burrito, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's delicious. Uh, especially when you're hammering like chicken tenders, bacon, and cheese. Oh, yeah. Are you a, a lot of money to that place, Cameron? Um, I Cameron. think that I would say Mena's joint, but oh, no. I thought I did a pretty good job at like getting them both because I love the T-Tot special at Conrad's, but the loaded dub has a special place in my heart. Oh man, that sounds so good. I would only I would only get mozzarella sticks from Conrad's. There was this dude that was on the water polo team with us, Cameron. Do you remember Mike Scarcelli? Oh, yeah, definitely. He was, was my, hot... he was our coach when I played. Dude, there was a hot minute where he would eat two dubs. <laughs> like, almost daily. <laughs> I forgot about that. I just, man. like, I felt so bad for that dude's toilet. I, his shit must have just been so fucking disgusting, man. Like, oh, my Ugh. God. Eating two dubs in one sitting, I can't even imagine. That's, I mean, I can, yeah, but it's not, good not for something you. I'd do regularly. Dude, back in high school when we'd have two-a-days for swim team, I remember I could eat, like, a full uh, Subway 12-inch plus a 6-inch and be, like, totally, like, that would not be a problem for me. I love you, but I would consider that a small, like, precursor to my meal. <laughs> I was going to say, say you should have been up at Central with I, Sam and I that one yeah, time that's exactly oh, what I was about to mention I was like Jake should not be commenting on people eating too much of one thing because I saw that man <laughs> eat like five or six Jimmy Johnson in one sitting <laughs> yeah we're also talking about the man where I'll be on Twitter and I'll see like little subtweets of Jake commenting on like some McDonald's or Wendy's challenge and like say something like oh I, I got 20 of those easy like talking about the McNuggets challenge or something so there was one time uh i just sam and i were living in denver and we went to burger king and i was like you know what i kind of feel like eating 100 nuggets tonight and he was like what (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) the worst part was like i would say probably a good third of them were just straight up undercooked it was so that's disgusting it was disgusting yeah i'm definitely glad i'm over my fast food phase but uh yeah, I've definitely been known to put it away. That's for sure. That is for sure. Garbage disposal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what was the name of the place that, that had the hot dog challenge that I tried that one time? What, what up, dog? Or, yeah, oh, what up, dog? Yeah. I forgot about that place. Yeah, oh, man. That was rough sailing. What you got for number mm-hmm. three, Cammie? Um, 
Okay, number three, I would say being part of the Izone was a really cool experience, especially when the teams were good, like Final Four bound. I love that. Got really invested with some of those teams back when, like, uh, Keith Appling and Adrian Payne. That was, like, I think our last year at State, Sam. Yeah, Michigan State basketball is – I mean, that to me was always the pinnacle of MSU sports. It always held a much bigger place in my heart than football. Um, Izzo's the man year in and year out. Yeah, still follow them. They're not – they're reeling after a bad loss at Purdue. Yeah, but Purdue's number one in the country, and I mean – Dude, Zach Eady, you guys think he'd be good at water polo? Dude's like seven five. I mean, I don't know. I've never seen anybody that large play. Yeah, it, it's impossible to say, but yeah, I mean, dude, look at him. If he, if he could learn how <laughs> to tread water even remotely, oh yeah, well, goalie, yeah, he'd be fine. Dude he'd lifts fine. his arm and dunks the ball. Doesn't even have to jump. That's insane. Is he Sam? Speaking of which, is he an NBA prospect at all, or is it more of like a gimmick? Type uh, it's type thing. I doubt he would have a chance in the NBA. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. I just wasn't sure. I'm sure he'll get picked up. Oh yeah, I mean, but like Symbolar, I mean, it's the same thing. He's <clears> over <throat> in Taiwan now, but he got the you know Taco Fall. Taco Fall's been in the G League and stuff, so yeah, I mean, it all depends. But no, I mean, I can't imagine he'll actually be able to contribute at a high level. What'd you get for number three, Jake? Uh, number three, I had, uh, I am West actually. Um, not be, not because I loved the facility. So for people who don't know, I am West was the worst pool in the big 10 and all of us practiced there growing up and as kids and in the 1970s, it was a really nice state-of-the-art facilities, but we all went to college there in the late 2000s for me and the early 2010s uh, for all three of us. But um, for lack of a better word, it was a shithole facility. That being said, the outdoor pool, I just have so many good memories there of getting my ass kicked in practice, whether it be in the morning swim practices in high school with Mr. Mull and Coach Edwards. Um, and then the water polo practices with Laszlo and then later on with, with Dad, obviously. But I loved IM West, man. I was really sad uh, that they closed it down. I hope that they figure out how to make a really good pool for all of the students at MSU because – I've always been really ashamed of how MSU handles their uh, student athletic participation stuff in terms of, you know, the rec facilities that the students get. I always thought it was really shameful that you had to pay a bunch of extra money, um, which is not how a lot of the other Big Ten schools do it. But I am West. I just uh, it will always hold a special place in my heart. And I love that pool. Yeah, agreed. A lot of great memories there. Didn't they shut down the outdoor pool? Yeah, it's done. Yeah, it, filled, it's been I don't even know if they years. filled it. But yeah, they're going to tear the whole thing down eventually is what it sounds like. It, it was Damn. too expensive to fill. Jeez. Um, 
My number three is Cedar Village. Um, uh, legendary. Uh, it's crazy now because there's like some high rise in front of it where uh, the 7-Eleven used to be and stuff. So you can't see straight to it. But yeah, I mean, the dirtiest and craziest apartments that you could live in on campus for sure. I think we just need to talk about what they would do on Sunday morning. Oh, God. That where they would just basically, ugh, it was like ammonia and bleach, and they would just yeah. put it. It was so disgusting, man. It was so disgusting. Dump it from the I top mean, and like mop it around, so then you would like walk out, and it would just smell like that <laughs> mixed with old booze ugh. and puke. Oh, it was awful. Ugh. Not one of my finer moments, but it was a very typical college <laughs> story. We were having a party there. I, I know you were there, Sam. I think it was New Year's Eve, and uh, obviously we were all heavily intoxicated, and we had this couch that was just busted to shit. Somebody had jumped and broken a bunch, jumped on it. Uh, I lived with uh, one of my really good friends, Danny, and these two guys, um, Tim and Mac, that were both in uh, uh, fraternity on campus, and one of their fraternity brothers, if I'm remembering correctly, he had broken the springs by jumping on the couch and so new year's eve we were just like you know what fuck it we're gonna throw this couch out the window so lo and behold we grabbed the couch we threw it out of the window um thank god nobody was directly below it but after we threw it out the window we looked to our left and there was someone walking oh my directly god. underneath towards us so obviously thankfully nothing happened um but yeah man cedar village just that i mean that's so tame, I'm sure, in comparison to what other people have done there. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was a shit show, twenty four seven. Man, you you were almost just getting out of jail, like recently. <laughs> <laughs> thank God that yeah, thank God nobody got hurt, man. Jeez, what you got uh, up next, Cammy? Um, mine's actually. Kind of the same as what Jake said, but for different reasons. Um, I am West, but my memory I wanted to call out is uh, like running hoops all day on like a Saturday. Um, you get some decent talent there. You know, it was kind of like the main spot to play pickup at Michigan State. I think I am East or the I am Circle, is that what they called it? Also had some games for yeah. I am West, really, where, like, some of the best games were, and my last year there, um, we'd go and, like, have some pretty decent players, and we all knew each other pretty well and could, like, sort of role play well, and sometimes we wouldn't lose, and it was just the coolest thing to waltz in there and just, like, be the best team and have a great day playing basketball. Do you know who Weichman is, Cameron? Uh, No, I don't think so. Okay, so imagine um, how tall is Weichman, Jake? He's about the same height that I am. He he might, you know, give or take half an inch either way. It's tough to tell. He's a bigger guy, and he has, like, some pretty long blonde hair, and he would always rock this, like, ratty tie-dyed T-shirt, some lawn uh, socks and ratty shoes just look like an absolute bum and he would tear people a new asshole on the iowa sports it was so funny to watch he would ball it sounds kind of familiar you i feel like you i feel like you've met him yeah he played for pioneer and then he played at state too uh yeah 
I had a face to the name. Sure. May have played against him. Once we get uh, money for the podcast donated by listeners, we can do a, a video thing, and that way we can pull up a photo of him next time. Nice. <laughs> nice little plug. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what you got, Jake? Um, For number two, I have, and we talked a lot about it a lot last week with Baker, but I have the Michigan Athletic Club. Um, that is where I had my first job is uh, there's so many memories to go over there, but as we talked about last week, when I think of East Lansing, I think of the Mac, um, I still have not seen an athletic club that expansive anywhere else I've lived. I kid you not. I, I'm sure there might be a really good one here in Dallas, uh, I'd be surprised if they had the same type of facilities. One of the stories we didn't get to mention last week, but uh, you guys used to make fun of me all the time for um, when I was working there. One time Magic Johnson came in because Magic Johnson is from (laughs) the Lansing area, for those of you that don't know. And I worked in the locker room. I was the towel guy. Um, I folded all the towels. I think my technical job title was like locker room attendant or something like that. So I had to clean up all, the, you know, I had to clean up after all the old men. They know where this is going. <laughs> and so one day, I don't know, I just told you guys, I was like, oh, dude, you guys, I saw Magic Johnson at the Mac today. And then all you guys were like, oh, yeah, was this Johnson Magic? Oh, did you see Magic Johnson naked? So now anytime I bring up that story, obviously people are always like, oh, my God, you saw Magic Johnson naked? No, I didn't see him naked. He's a really nice dude. He was just there. His brother runs private lessons there all the time. But obviously, when you're 15, 16 years old and you see Magic frickin' Johnson at the Mac, I mean, how can you not just be amazed, you know? Uh, and it's the Mac, man. I I would love to go back there, much like Baker. Whenever I'm in town, if I have an opportunity, I always try and see if I can sneak in. Um, there was that one time... Uh, <laughs> I guess I, well, whatever, screw it, it doesn't matter, but I don't work there anymore, but we the snuck, back door. oh my God, dude, we snuck at least 10 of us in and we ran <laughs> five on five. It was so much fun. It was so much fun. That was one of the most fun times I've ever had in my life, man. With hey, it's, uh, it sounded like with the co-champs, the Kohler Bros this year, that a Mac draft might be on the table. Ooh, Ooh. Mac draft. Okay, so are we gonna officially try and you know order food from make... the Mac Cafe? Mm-hmm. Cameron, can you make the case for why we should have a Mac draft? Um, I mean, make I know. Plea, give I don't your sales think anybody needs to. Yeah, I, I think I've heard EJ. Sales. EJ has said it's one of his top drafts we've had. I mean, we. We got the private room in the restaurant. We got some food, like, catered or whatever we did. That was pretty solid. Um, we all did an executive workout. We played some basketball. It was just – it was a really fun time. And I hosted it that year, so I'd like to take credit for that. Oh, congrats. Give credit where credit is due, Cameron. Well done. Well done, my friend. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've gone there just for an executive workout or a Schwitz. More times yeah. than I care to admit. It, it was the go-to move, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you, Samwise? 
Mine, uh, I feel like, is uh, East Lansing Rite of Passage, uh, but burning a couch while you're living <laughs> on campus. Uh, I remember when I was living on Beale, I forget after what, when it was. I feel like it, maybe it was the Wisconsin game. Um, I, 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 I truly can't remember. I just remember that we had to go to the BP, which is now an apartment, um, and get gas and put it in an empty Gatorade bottle, and then we burn a futon in the back alley. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Go green. Go white. <laughs> yeah, and the, the funny part about that is the very first East Lansing riot, um, the people that were involved in that were at least one of them that I know of, uh, when Sam and I would go to aftercare when we were in elementary school at Edgewood, one of the supervisors there, so like one of the college kids that was, you know, basically on the level of a substitute teacher, he was involved in the very first Cedar Village riot after they lost to Duke. I think it would have been the 99 Final Four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, so. But I have that memory. Uh, I have that memory of Mrs. Chubb telling us that he wouldn't be coming back anymore. <laughs> Mrs. Chubbs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Last one, guys. Cam, what you got, brother? All right. Um, my number one is something you both can relate to, but for me it was the first moment in my first uh, MSU Club water polo game where I – threw on the MSU cap with, you know, the green and white logo and really felt for the first time that I was like representing Michigan state as like an athlete, be it a club sport. Um, but that was like one of the coolest moments for me, especially like then going to other big 10 schools and like being the Michigan state player. I just thought that was so cool after growing up being a Michigan state fan my whole life, like actually embodying being an MSU athlete was priceless. No, I agree. I mean, that was my number one. Um, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm just going to chime in. It makes it easier. Um, but yeah, no, and especially like, you know, I wasn't in a fraternity or anything, but I would say the brotherhood of Michigan State water polo players, um, past and present, that to me was also another great thing. Besides yep. what you mentioned, like, putting on that green and white cap and being like, oh, wow, I'm representing the black ass. And, I mean, I can't speak to a fraternity because I was never in one, but the, in my eyes and in my opinion, the biggest difference between the fraternity and what we did with the water polo team, you know, the amount of time and effort that you put into those practices and into those games and the amount of emotion that you put into it, I mean, Think about how proud you were just to put that cap on, Cameron, you know, but the amount of time and effort you put into those practices because you wanted to win, you wanted to represent for the school, that's just what makes it so special and so much different that there's this massive network of people who all did the same thing that came before you, that went after you, and all of them, uh, all of them put in, you know, maybe not all of them put the same amount of time and effort, but all of them put in some <laughs> form of time and effort into the program and we're all connected in that way, you know, and yeah. that's something you can never take away. It's a, it's a very beautiful thing. 
Yeah, or even like when you consider the um, Michigan Michigan State rivalry, it's like we oh. have our own little perspective on that because we lived that in a sense, you know, playing against them under the lights. Sparty invite, but uh, yeah, though the that Spartan invite game against U of M was always just man, it's hard to describe getting that pumped up for one single sporting event that you're playing in. You know, it really is. It's uh, it's almost like an out-of-body experience. And this is yeah. coming from a dude who won a national championship <laughs> in Michigan State. Well, I think for me, the most important game that I ever played at Michigan State was when we beat my dad in the Big Ten championship game when he was coaching U of M. I was mm-hmm. so mad at him when he took that job. And there was, you know, Sam and I coming together and bonding to basically just give my dad the ultimate double middle bird. (laughs) Like, you know, you're trying to coach against your own kids. Like, you realize you have no chance of beating us, right? You know that. And I'm sure in his mind, he thought he could, you know, outmaneuver us or whatever. Obviously, it didn't work. But, yeah, being able to shut him up... uh, is definitely up there. I, you know, I love my dad, obviously, but you know, proving people wrong has definitely, uh, and especially in that moment too, against U of M, your biggest rival, it's a big 10 championship game. I mean, it can't get much better than that. What was your number one? All of our, Oh, I thought that was your number one. Uh, no, I, when I, when I think of East Lansing, I really, I, my memories go at least for me, I didn't. I didn't think about the water polo. I kind of looped in I am West with most of my water polo memories. So yeah. I apologize for that That's for fair. you guys. But uh, I think it's Sparty's Coney Island. Um, Ooh, yeah, I'm ashamed of that. Oh yeah, on my list. Didn't think about that. I think about my grandpa, my papa, and I think about my dad, and I think about taking my wife there. I think about going to eat there every single time I'm back in East Lansing. It is, there has yet to have been a time where I will go back there and not go to Sparty's. Uh, the people still know me. They know my dad obviously way better, but uh, I order the same thing almost every time I get the eggs, home fries, double order home fries, extra crispy bacon, <laughs> Wheat toast, coffee, and I mean, it just, I just get the warm fuzzies thinking about it right now, man. I, I don't know how to describe the warmth of emotion I get going there. It's the perfect diner atmosphere. Same I waitresses since we were as a kid, too. Dude, wow. and they, they are there as recently as November. I was up in Michigan for Westervelt's wedding. And I went there with dad and the wait staff was almost all the same. I know they have a new owner. Uh, the food was amazing. It always, they got the same cook there. I mean, I love that place, man. Good answer. Yeah, that was a good one. Well, I actually have an honorable oh. mention. <laughs> oh, honorable mention. Uh, it kind of ties into Jake's first one, but, uh, the moo juice mayhem or the 2% tiff. <laughs> I specifically told myself when Jake said mustard mansion that I wasn't going to mention the motion today. All right. Cameron, lay it on us, brother. Let's hear it. 
Um, Excruciating yeah, detail. Forcible. No, no. Yes, it ties back yes, into it ties back yes, into the mustard yes. mansion. So the same guys we talked about, but um, we were all really good friends. So naturally, we hated each other when we lived together. <laughs> and um, there was a lot of food theft going around, and none bigger than the time that Alex. <laughs> shit, I can't even remember her fully, but. Baker had like a gallon of milk that got drank or it was either like it was all gone and it was missing or it had been drank out of. And he accused all of us and we all denied it. And (laughs) um, it actually wasn't me, but I definitely, you know, took some food at times. But um, Baker, like... Baker, like, had a really good bluff going on and, like, really went in on Greg one night and was like, I know it was you. Even though he didn't, he just, like, really grilled him, and Greg totally caved and <laughs> gave in. <laughs> and it, it caused, like, kind of a little riff between everybody for a little while. But um, God almighty, man. That's the best I remember it. I feel like I'm missing some details, and – to some of the viewers, that might not sound like that funny. Yeah, story, I felt like but... there was some sort of revenge prank that occurred as well. I, there was something with alcohol. I thought somebody yeah, like stolen alcohol bottles like or something. We need to get we need to get Baker and Greg to divulge the full details. We need to do a roundtable discussion. We need to do a drunken history episode or something. That's what we need to do. <laughs> yeah, deep dive revisit. Yeah, NFL, NFL classic. <laughs> oh man uh, alrighty it is time for the quote zone quote zone quote zone um I'm gonna go first I don't think either of you will get this one although I will say if one of you were gonna get it I think it would be Cameron um okay. <clears throat> So it's from a movie, so this is going to be two characters going back and forth. I'll try to do two different uh, voices, but no guarantees that I slip (laughs) in and out of it. Um, Looks like you're keeping your bod pretty tight. You're looking pretty good yourself. Well, every day's a workout when you got to carry around a 20-pound python in your jeans. You and your dick comments. It's fun to say them. It's fun to hear them. That's why I say them, and that's why I listen. (laughs) <laughs> what the hell is that I know this isn't right but the first thing that comes to my mind is 40 year old virgin but I don't no. think that's right it's, I can already tell you there's no way that's a 40 year old virgin quote oh man I don't think I'm going to get this one I I have absolutely no idea it's got to be from a movie I just don't know which one do you do hints or no yeah, I can give you a hint. I, um, it's uh, based on an SNL character. MacGruber? Yep. <laughs> oh, I never saw it. I had no chance. Uh, oh, it's so damn funny, man. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking MacGruber, dude. Oh, my God. Uh, the entire movie is just ridiculous shit like that. <laughs> that guy's hilarious. <laughs> I think is that Will Arnett? <laughs> no, it's no. Will something Forte, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that's Arnett. it. Will Forte. 
they're both on SNL at the same time. They're both named Will, so it's tough to keep up. Cammy. Okay. Um, I thought about pulling that Latin quote that you did last week, Jake, but you ended up doing it last week. Oh, just cause sorry, bro. I wanted to do it to you. Just as a four-year Latin student in high school. I was just shout about to say, Mr. didn't Partlow. you take Latin in high school? Yeah. Shout yeah. out to Mr. Partlow. It's a solid quote, the who guards the guardians. Um, anyways, mine is a movie quote and a book quote because it was a book turned movie. Ooh. So to be honest, I might be a little disappointed if neither of you get this, but is it Harry Potter? Is, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, speaking of that real quick, did you guys see the menu? Yeah, I think you might have talked no, about it last week. I've been, no, uh, I want to, though. Yeah, oh, well, say, it's not a spoiler, care. but um, Ralph Fiennes, or however you say his name, is the chef. Yeah. yeah. And there was a yeah, funny chef. meme where it's like him holding up his dish and the, the words say, Harry Potter, the boy who lived, come to dine. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Okay. Uh, anyways, mine is all we have to do. Or sorry, all we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. Uh, Gandalf, Lord of the Rings. Bingo. Tolkien. Nice. Damn. Nice. I Damn love Lord of the Rings. Dude. Glad you got that. Which one's your favorite movie? I, you're one of the only people, Cameron, I know that will just like randomly be like, you know what, I'm kind of in the mood to watch The Fellowship on a Tuesday <laughs> at 8 p.m. <laughs> well, that's my answer. The Fellowship is my favorite. Um, but, dude, if it's just on TV, I'm going to keep it on that channel. Did you like the Hobbit movies, or how did you feel about those? Um, well, actually, I read The Hobbit after I saw those movies. Um, I mean, I didn't mind them. You know, they're entertaining. And honestly, I could say the same thing about Rings of Power, the Amazon show. Like, I know there's a lot of criticism around, like, the, like, how much it follows the books. But honestly, to just, like, be in that world just, like, makes me feel at home for some reason. So I love, I love the content. But, um, something funny about The Hobbit is after, uh, seeing the movies, then reading the book is the entire third movie is like made up because the third movie is the battle of the five armies. And in the book, all that happens is Bilbo gets like hit with a rock in his head and he misses the whole battle. So it's like not even written about at all. And then he wakes up and it's over. So like every single thing that was in that last movie was not in the book at all. Um, which I just thought was kind of funny. Cause I was like getting towards the end of the book and I was like, how are they going to fit all that content? There's only like <laughs> five pages left. But the Game of Thrones going off script. Yeah, man. Yeah. Did you like those movies, Jake? Uh, yeah, I, I was really content with the Hobbit ones. I mean, obviously the Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson, it's, it's tough to top those. And especially when there's such a large gap between when the movies are made, you know, the rose-colored glasses that you have just surrounding the memories of even going to see those movies in theaters versus 
you know, the accessibility of the Hobbit films now, although I'm pretty sure I saw most of the Hobbit films in theaters, if not all of them. But yeah, I mean, they're all good, man. I, I love The Lord of the Rings. It's really awesome to just dive back into it after a while. Sam used to play Two Towers on the PS2. Like, dude, we used to game that so hard. Oh, my goodness. A lot Spent of hours. So many. A lot of hours. Between that, I don't know if you played that or Battlefront 2 more. It, it, it's probably a top card. Yeah. That was a good sure. game, too. Um, all right. So my quote uh, is, history is written by the victors. And um, I'll just give you guys a hint. It is one of the most famous 20th century politicians um, that said it. So I'll let you guys take your yeses, take your stabs. FDR. That's what my no, guess was going to be. But close yeah. and same time frame would be your next clue. Uh, Winston Churchill. Booyah! There you go, Mr. Churchill himself. Yeah. Good job. It was wor- yeah. I mean, that's why I figured it was a World War Two quote. Yeah, yeah, that's where my mind went to. Yeah. Can't believe it. was a good one. Can you imagine if you had to live through the World War II time period? That must have been so insane and just mind-blowing to think about. Well, I hate to uh, go yeah. there, but I have a feeling my time would have been a lot more difficult than you guys. Oh, yeah. For, for obvious yeah. reasons. <laughs> yeah, no. 100%. I mean, that's not even – that's a no-brainer, of course, man. I you know, no, but that was uh, a wild time. It's like hard to imagine. Very true. Well, last but not least, we got word of the week. Word, word of the word week. week. Word of the week. Word of the week. <laughs> um, Do you have a word of the week. Word of the month. Yeah, my word of the week is, uh, and you know, I googled it earlier on how to pronounce it, and I forgot already. Um, but her, her suit or her suite, I think it's her suit. H-I-R-S-U-T-E. Hold on, spell it again. H-I-R-S-U-T-E. Her suit. Oh, you motherfucker, dude. What? <laughs> I think Google he Googled it, it and saw what he and saw what it is. It means Harry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it all comes full circle. Well done, Sam. Yeah. I my to you, my friend. The well three, done. Well done. Pursuit men talked on a podcast. <laughs> well done. Oh, man. I got to see what the Google images are for that now. No, why would you yeah. do that to yourself, Cameron? <laughs> I thought You're that was go- like what you. Okay. It made yeah, me think that. of the hairiest person I've ever seen in life, in like real person, um, <laughs> was the guy that played for one of the Chicago Masters teams, and I have never in my life until him seen someone that had so much body hair that it literally looked like a sweater. I mean, it was just. <laughs> complete pitch black super long and there's just no skin showing through and i'm talking like straight from the back of the neck down to the suit all over the arms it was wild oh my god we should get him on the podcast and see where he uh, (laughs) all right i'm gonna text you guys a photo of the google image result right now i i don't want oh my god you asshole (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh man. Oh my god, dude. Yeah, you know what? That that Chicago Masters guy actually looked kinda of like kinda of like this dude. Yeah, I mean literally like something out of a Bigfoot comic or something. It's just so absurd, man. The mustache. God, dude. Can you grow a mustache like that, Cam? Oh, no, yeah, that's exactly what that dude looked like. No, only, I swear, his body hair was even thicker than that, man. Even thicker. Oh, my God. <laughs> Some things you can't unsee. Yes. Um, What'd you bring for your I word of the week, Jake? Uh, I had the word draconian, and it mm. means uh, excessively harsh and severe. Usually, when you say something's draconian, draconian, you're complaining and you're about, about the about, government <laughs> or well, just rules and laws in general. So, if something is uh, really draconian, it's very severe and overly, you know, obviously overly harsh. Um, Basically, the way I would describe it is, you know, the draconian laws needed to be upheld for the dumbest reasons possible, I guess, would be the the fake sentence I made. Um, But I've always thought it was a really cool word. It's, uh, I believe it's um, originated in one of the ancient Greek cities. I don't know which, I think it was Athens. Yeah, that sounds about right. I think it was Athens. Um, I don't know exactly when, but I want to say probably... It had to be early Athens, so I'd say somewhere before 500 BCE, if I had to guess, just off the top of my head. I don't know exactly when. Could be wrong, but draconian. That was my word. It's got to be originated or derived from dragon. No. What? You don't think so? No. 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 Yeah. Draconian? No. No, it's named after the politician Draco. Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> who's named He's after the Athenian, gun duh. yeah <laughs> soldier boy yeah Jango <laughs> talk about a draconian law what'd you bring for your word of the week Kenny okay mine was um I just chose this cause it sounds fun to say um Brouhaha. Ooh, that is You all know what that means? Yeah, like a tussle, a fight. Uh, it's like more of an uproar or a hubbub. Ooh, a hubbub. That's another Ooh, a great hubbub. word. Ooh, a hubbub. Cause a little brouhaha. Yeah, the Mucky like Mansion French story was a brouhaha, wasn't it? A williwa, a hubba- hullabaloo. A hullabaloo. Kerfluffle. Yeah, that's a lot of another good one. Sounds like really weird porn terms. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> you yeah, bring the kerfluffle in. <laughs> it's like a Rick and Morty thing. It's gonna cost an extra fifty bucks if you want to get kerfuffled. <laughs> that reminds me of the the beer fest. Yeah. <laughs> At the car. Can't afford it. <laughs> Five dollars to watch me do it or something. (laughs) Uh, 
thanks again, Cammy, for coming on the pod. We really appreciate it. Had a great time, and uh, we Most look forward to having you on again. Yeah, Most hope you uh, soon, buddy. hope you fare well with the cold weather down in Dallas, and hopefully I see you guys soon. Yeah, man. Yeah. Hopefully we'll see you soon, dude. Take it easy up there, and uh, yeah, we'll have to get you on next time. We'll have some uh, more mustard mansion memories. We'll revel in the East Lansing party days a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even talk about living together in Hilton Hood. That was kind of no. A big we didn't even touch thing. that. We we will have to touch on that next time. Although that it kind of deserves its own little podcast. The, we'll the Hilton Hood episode. Oh God, yeah. Get Greg well, in on that. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Brothers and Others, hosted by the Marsh Brothers. We wanted to remind you to email us at brothersmarsh at gmail.com with any questions you'd like answered on the pod or any topics you'd like covered. You can also follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at brothers, capital N, others. Last but not least, ensure to leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. That's That's it for now. now. Until Until next time. time.